Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for September 3rd. My name is Matt, and joining me on today's cast are my two lovely co-hosts, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. Ooh, that was that was deep mm. today. I liked it. I had a wedding this weekend, so. Oh. So my voice a little, is a little. Eh. From spending time with the ladies. Always. all right everyone so like i said this is boardcast news and you know the drill we are going to talk about some news stories and then we are going to transition into some kickstarter spotlights so without further ado dan tell us about the news so the news should be pretty short and simple today uh not a lot of really big stories a lot of like essen news but i think we're going to save that for our essen preview show so i'm going to eliminate that from contention for today but I will say that the BGG Essen preview list is up, so go have a look at that, and we will probably be, I guess in the next couple weeks, taking a look at our most wanted from Essen, so stay tuned for that. Um, But jumping in to something that was recently announced, this was kind of interesting to me, Uh, Hasbro has teamed up with Indiegogo to launch the next great game challenge. And this is a search nationwide for the best new party game. Um, what they're looking for is five designers that will be chosen as these finalists, and they will launch campaigns for their concepts on Indiegogo and will be promoted by Hasbro, etc. The grand prize winner will be selected by Hasbro, Hasbro, sorry, and receive ten thousand bucks and a trip to their headquarters to meet and work with their game development team, which is kind of neat. And they'll be working alongside them to make this game an actual thing. The challenge, if you're interested, just go to nextgreatgamechallenge.com. Designers, so all those designers out there interested, you can submit your ideas through September 30th of this year. And then the five finalists will be announced on October 30th. And the campaigns will then officially launch following that and run until December 1st. And then the grand prize winner will be announced in late December. So pretty quick turnaround on this contest. And obviously this could be, I don't want to, I don't know about life changing, but obviously kind of career slash side job changing for these designers to get in and work with the folks at Hasbro and just get their name out there through this challenge. I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, Hasbro is is doing this. And obviously Indiegogo gets, I don't know, that it's not as huge in the board game world, you know, as Kickstarter is. But Indiegogo is a pretty cool site and I've backed a few things on there. So they, it's definitely interesting to see what they're doing. Yeah. So are they using the campaigns as like a voting system? So like whichever raises more money or? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, they're, they're looking to, again, obtain the funding and fan support is what they're going for as far as these campaigns that's what it says i'm not sure it sounds interesting yeah i'm not sure how the actual thing they say ideas are going to be evaluated by hasbro experts and designers who will be specifically looking at each concept's gameplay mechanics theme and then potential for quote funness and viability (laughs) (laughs) funniosity so yeah i'm not sure if they're going to help 
all these campaigns launch and then you know if they fund cool you know those people have a funded project but then they'll pick one of the five to kind of work with specifically and bring it under the hasbro umbrella i'm not sure yeah yeah i wonder if they'll i wonder if they'll bring other game mechanics or or designs in you know if this goes well maybe they don't do a party game next time maybe they do the next great monopoly variant no i'm kidding oh yeah uh no i mean it sounds like it could be something that if it succeeds they could try it with other other uh game types yeah it's kind of cool it's kind of like hasbro embracing like what's going on in the hobby world because they're using crowdfunding and they're getting like hobby designers to mm-hmm. work on games for them yeah. it's kind of funny you mention that because this project is led by what they're calling the hasbro gaming lab and this is a team specifically under the hasbro umbrella that is dedicated to what they're calling connecting with the gaming community to discover and develop new games so i think you hit the nail on the head there it's kind of hasbro embracing this form of design and and trying to run with it smart smart by them i mean they're already the biggest board game (laughs) company in the world (laughs) i mean they're probably figuring there are so many people out there working on games we might as well see what we could get out of that right yeah yeah why not there's a lot of untapped uh brain power out there so and and it's probably you know coming hasbro being a kind of mass market mentality as far as gaming they it's probably nice for them to tap into the hobby mindset a little bit more too i was gonna say it kind of speaks towards the growth of the hobby market because for it to even be on their radar to do something like this it means the whole hobby is becoming more mainstream I think what it really means is that Asmodee is scaring the shit out of them, <laughs> and that <laughs> they realize that pretty soon they might buy Hasbro. It's <laughs> so, basically what it means. I like that, too. Cool. So, moving right along, um, here's a, a feel-good story that I think has been kind of making the rounds. Uh, Odin's Ravens. This is a game designed by Thornston Gimier. It's a two-player-only game that has each player racing Odin's two ravens across the land. Um, this was previously kickstarted. I think it was a second edition was kickstarted. Yeah, it used to be a Cosmos two-player game. I have it. Yeah, so they, they kickstarted it, and the Kickstarter funded, but I believe the dude just ran off with the money, and yep. so all the backers were left high and dry, but they'll all be happy to know that Osprey Games, I think that's a U- I think they're based in the UK, has decided that they are going to pick up this license and they're offering a free copy of the game to all backers starting in February 2016. Um, the only down down I say downside. You're getting your game, so there's no downside, but um, they're asking that backers just pay for shipping. Otherwise, you're going to get a free game. So That's a pretty good deal. It's pretty but Didn't cool. they technically already pay for it? Well, the backers yeah. paid for it, but Osprey didn't run this Kickstarter. They're not affiliated with this Kickstarter okay. anyway. They okay. picked up. They did kind of what the Cryptozoic, Cryptozoic did with uh, Doom that came to Atlantic City. They've kind of, out of the goodwill and beauty of their hearts, have <laughs> taken on this game, and they're going to be reprinting it. And then through the reprint, they're also going to be fulfilling the backer pledges. Cool. They swooped in and saved the day. <laughs> like it's an good Osprey. Publicity. Like an Osprey. They swooped Bam. in like an Osprey. Damn, Tiff. So if you want to hear a little bit more about the game and the announcement, go ahead over to Osprey's website. Next up is something we touched on in our Gen Con episode, so I won't get into it too much. This is Ticket to Ride UK and Pennsylvania. I didn't realize there was a Pennsylvania side to this board. So obviously the UK and Pennsylvania both having 
uh, deep histories in the railroad industry. It's kind of cool. We talked, again, during our Gen Con coverage about how Tiff and I got to play the UK version, which introduces technology and kind of restrictions along the map as far as how far you can travel without certain technologies, what countries you can visit within the United Kingdom. So something that introduced a new way for wildcards to be utilized. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, like I said, go check the Gen Con episode out. It was like two weeks ago. Excellent episode. You should all listen to it. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's just basically an hour and just a half rambling. <laughs> so, But the Pennsylvania side is going to offer... A share mechanism. So it's kind of funny that you think of like all these 18xx games that offer like that deep stock market and technology kind of build here. So Ticket to Ride's got two-sided board that's going to be accessible 18xx-ish. <laughs> but, <laughs> Maybe 18xx. it's a stepping stone. It's the gateway to 18xx. Yeah. Is yeah. that what they're going for? It's it's like one-eighth xx. How about that? We'll go with that. We'll make it a fraction. So the Pennsylvania map is going to add a share mechanism to the basic ticket to ride. So each time a player completes a route, they're going to claim a share of one of the companies depicted next to that route. And then at the end of the game, whoever holds the most shares of a company is going to receive points. So I guess a little bit of a set collection there and scoring it based on who has the most. Both of these are, well, both of these, it's one set. It's going to retail at, I believe, 40 bucks. It's going to debut at Spiel with uh, anticipated worldwide coverage on the release due by November. I'm looking forward to this. I'm picking this one up because I really liked it. And I, I have a soft spot for the United Kingdom considering I live there and I love it. I consider it my second home. Oh, I know. I miss it. Anyways. So, so he wants to put tiny plastic trains all over it. I do. I do. Because I used to take the train a lot and I love the train. Choo-choo. Memories. Yeah. Funny train story, though. It's they, they shut down trains in England for, like, the strangest reasons. And I remember one time sitting on the train, and it was a little bit of a flurry outside. And it, the UK doesn't get a lot of snow, but <laughs> they, the, the train literally came to, like, this screeching halt. And we're sitting there, and we're like, what's going on? And finally, the conductor comes on, and he goes... Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a temporary standstill due to the wrong type of snow falling on the track. <laughs> what? <laughs> the wrong type? <laughs> and I look to the guy next to me and I go, excuse me, sir, what is the wrong type of snow in this country? <laughs> and he goes, mate, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I was late to work and my boss got a kick out of the excuse that I had for the wrong type of snow. And I said, it's real. He goes, sadly, I believe you. So <laughs> just a quick little personal story about trains in England. So getting to know Dan. Yep. I have many a story <laughs> of my travels. So next up um, is just a quick announcement that Tree Frog Games, which is, I guess, Martin Wallace's publishing company, has announced um, as of this past week that they will cease to publish their own games. Read into that how you will with his recent controversies, etc., and his kind of outpouring of thoughts onto his blog <laughs> whether you agree or disagree with the way he goes about things he makes decent games and don't fret though because they're still going to continue to design games they're just going to have them published by other companies their newest game called a handful of stars will be published under tree frog and released in the first half of 2016 but i believe that's going to be the last one the new edition of brass that is coming out on kickstarter will be published by another company once they settle the negotiation rights to that so probably eagle griffin games oh yeah they don't no, seem I'm to like kidding. each other but 
that's that. And then the last thing I have for news, again, just a short one. I thought this was interesting, being that I am also, and so is Matt, a video game nerd. Cryptozoic recently announced that their games are going to be carried in GameStop stores around the country, which is kind of interesting. So they'll be selling their line of games and trading cards through GameStop's what 6,000 plus retail locations, yeah. as well as online through GameStop's. Uh, website as well so games that they've mentioned that they will have is spyfall big bang theory the party game the walking dead oh that's the walking dead dice game i apologize adventure time card wars and the dc deck building game the dc comics one and then they'll also sell some of their trading card games that i've never heard of and i'm not really sure anyone else on this podcast has ever heard of so <laughs> Just interesting to see the kind of two, obviously video games has kind of set the precedent for, I guess, what the board game industry strives to be as far as just collaboration between publishers, retail locations, a really kind of solidified and identifiable media. And general acceptance within just the larger community. I mean, yeah, at this point, the generations, like even the older generations of our time right now grew up video gamers. So, yeah, I just, I don't know what you guys feel, but I just wish they would be exposed to some better games. But <laughs> I, well, that's you know, exactly what I was thinking. Like, oh, it's, man. A, it's a stepping stone. And I think that this speaks actually towards the growth of board games and then also the relevance of retail video game stores. And not to get too far into that, but I mean, the digital world is kind of taking over. I don't really have any reason to go to GameStop anymore, but as a Funko Pop collector they sell those at gamestop they sell other kinds of like toys and different things at gamestop so board games seem like a natural transition but like you said i i think cryptozoic makes sense as like a first game company to to make that leap because they do like super thematic and lighter style games and they also tie into a lot of video game ips but i agree there could be a better selection for new people yeah the ip tie-in definitely makes sense that's all i had for today so we got a bunch of kickstarters to talk about so we'll get into that next yep join us after the break all right everybody we are now going to transition into some kickstarter spotlights and first up we are going to chat about tabletopia the digital platform for board games so this is a project that is ending on September 24th, so it's got a ways to go, and it is almost funded at the time of this recording. It's not quite there, but it's doing all right. And this is a virtual tabletop. It is considered the most sophisticated virtual table with more than 100 games on arrival of this platform. So basically, what this is is a subscription service to a nice interactive board game tabletop available on all platforms it has like i said like over a hundred games available at launch and it seems like a nice opportunity to game online if that's something that you're into um i don't know how you guys feel about this do you think that this is something that the hobby needs it's not the first one that exists there is one on steam that you can uh you can mod and user create but this seems a little bit more official well i like that it looks more official just from visually just looking at what they have, it looks very, I don't know, accurate to the board game. And I think that's the hardest thing to do is really simulate the whole experience of playing a game at the tabletop. Obviously, you're not going to be able to physically manipulate your cards, but 
to make it look like you are physically manipulating your cards, I think is a hard thing to do. And it kind of looks like they're closer than anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. They have a side by side of uh, specifically Imperial Settlers. And, you know, it seems like they've done a good job porting over um, all the the cards and, and the look and feel of these board games. So damn it looks really those. cool. Um, it has Terra Mystica, so obviously I'm intrigued. It also has Village, which is probably <laughs> my second favorite game. So it's off to a good start. Uh, my only concern is the the subscription fees. Me personally, now this this again, this is me personally speaking. I'm not at a point in my gaming life where I need to find another way outside of in person. Uh, to play games. So, but for those looking for it, a lot of people who get only solo gaming in because of either geographic location or surrounding game groups or et cetera, I think this is great. And it's, it's not too expensive, but for me, I don't really find it to be a necessity at the moment. I really want to try the demo. They have a couple of demos on the Kickstarter page just to, to see it out. This isn't the first simulator though. Isn't there the, I forget what it's called. I think it's called tabletop simulator actually. Yeah, that's that's the one that I mentioned briefly that is on Steam um, that you can download. It's not quite as pretty as this, and it's not run by like a higher power. That's all user-created mods and things like that, but you're correct. It's not the first. Yeah, and just looking at the, the publisher listing, I guess, of the, the people they have agreements with or have kind of joined forces with them, there's some good ones. I mean, you got Eagle Games, which has a whole thing. Spielworks would really interest me now. Now, where this subscription service, I think, would be really cool is if they get out-of-print games Yeah, on there, because then I'd be very interested because there's a lot of games that I don't know anyone who has the physical copy. I personally can't get a physical copy for less than a kidney and a <laughs> testicle. But like yeah, twelve I think, bucks. Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it G until we have a Patreon where I can be <laughs> dirtier. But <laughs> no, I think I think for me that would be a big selling point. So like I said, like Spielworks or some of these other where they're harder to get games. If I could get some of those, that'd be really cool. But as it is, a lot of these games that they're showing as kind of their highlight, I already have them. I can play them pretty much every week if I wanted to. Well, 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 yeah. Mr. I have a bajillion friends yeah. and a family to play with. Okay. Well, well. Us no, here's losers. The, you, you guys didn't let me finish. I was going to... I was going to say, though, even though I have access to it, seriously, how often do we pull out our old games on this podcast? You know what I mean? Except for Matt, who lives in a constant state of <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> Tiff and I are always pulling out something new. And so, like I'm saying, like I could pull out any of these games any weekend, but I don't usually want to because there's something new and shiny that I want to play. So it, it really does look well, pretty, though. I, I'm, yeah. This might be a faster, more convenient way to get those games played because instead of getting out of box and refreshing like completely on the rules to do all the setup, it's just like, bam, it's there. Um, So, I mean, that's the thing I like about online gaming in general. And plus, it opens up some opportunities to play games with you guys. And hey, we should do that. That would be cool. Sometime. Right? Right? We say that a lot. Um, 
So just to speak a little bit about the, the subscription model, so basically there's a couple different levels that you can subscribe to. Um, the gold level, which is where you get all of the capabilities, is 10 bucks a month. So you're looking at 120 bucks to get access to this platform. Um, it does allow you to run 10 games simultaneously. It gives you your own little personal game room that you can invite your friends to. Um, I think even if they don't have a subscription, which could be cool, because then maybe you could like split it with your friends. Um, I think that one thing that this is cool for, which they speak to, is for game creators. So this could be a virtual design space. Um, they do have packages where you can subscribe, and basically you get like a gift shop full of uh, different game components. Like you just get a big, you can manipulate them, you can design games, try out games, and that could be a cool way, um, and maybe a more efficient way to design across space. Um, you know, where instead of even though there are a lot of good online tools, this gives you a really nice interface to actually sit down and play test with people um, and, and work through design flaw, flaws. So I think that maybe that's where this game really fits the market um, as opposed to seeing it thrive for players. It might thrive more for game creators, but all in all, definitely something to check out if you are interested in either of those methods of using this system. So that is Tabletopia. All right, so moving on... Dan, you've got something called Trove to talk about. I do. Uh, let's talk about Trove. So Trove is a, it's called Trove the Crystal Caverns. That's the full title. Don't want to slight it in any way. This is being billed as the ultimate asymmetric cave crawling adventure. And what's really unique about this game is that <laughs> the asymmetrical roles aren't your typical dungeon crawl roles. However, this is a dungeon crawl style game. So what I mean by that is you're not all taking on the role of the knight, the rogue, the wizard, and, you know, those sort of things and the barbarian. In this game, there's four different roles that can be fulfilled. So you've got the knight, the goblins, the dragon, and then the cave itself. And how they explain it is to win is the knight must kill the dragon, the goblins must kill the knight, the dragon must wake up and escape the entrance of the cave, and then the really one, the one that intrigues me the most is actually playing as the dungeon itself. And what you do there is the cave must fully expand and then collapse. So what that means is you're going to be placing tiles to create the thing. And then you're trying to cave in the dungeon on all the other players. <laughs> so uh, it's, I mean, I, I can't think of another game where you actually play the role of the board. <laughs> like, that's Definitely unique. <laughs> It's kind of cool. And it's like each person, again, through asymmetric powers as well as different mechanics are going to be going through this dungeon crawl from completely different perspectives. So I, I'm really intrigued by this. I think it, it has a lot of promise. Uh, David Somerville, the designer, he is a, a really cool guy. I had a chance to talk to him before, both on Twitter and through email and stuff, as well as I follow his BGG blog, that or his thread actually he has a thread that's over a hundred pages right now where he kind of documented the the creation of this game and i just recently listened to and i can't think of the podcast but i just recently listened to him speak about it on the podcast and it's funny because he's he talks about his his entry into modern board games and how he just kind of had this epiphany that oh wait there's these modern board games around me and is designing really a thing that happens in this space and he, this was recently too so He's, he's not only like new to modern board games itself, but he's also new to design. I think it was the game design roundtable that he talked about it on. 
he talks about the evolution of the game from something completely chaotic and random to being developed into like like i said a game with modern principles and mechanics so the art looks great it does have standees which is usually a eh for me but it it kind of fits with the theme it looks like a simple game tile laying i, I don't know i've heard nothing but good things I, I really was trying to play this at uh, gen con but i didn't get a chance to meet up with david uh just because of timing all in all i think it looks really neat real quick so cool. it says designer patrick leader so patrick leader is leader yeah. games from what I understand, and he's the publisher slash developer. And the game was, as I I understand it, now I don't know if this has changed, but I believe it was designed by David and, again, developed by Patrick for his games company. And, again, on that podcast, I keep harking back to it, but it was really interesting to listen to him speak about it because the guy, uh, Patrick Letter, came to David via geek mail on BGG saying, I love the concept of this game you've put out here in this thread. Let's work on this. And then they kind of developed their relationship just anonymously through um bgg and met for the first time in person at gen con this year that's amazing it sounds awesome and i like the art yeah so it sits at a a price point of i think 45 dollars and i don't know if that includes shipping or not um i'm trying to i hope so yeah i do too I think it does include shipping because I just clicked on it to see because I actually consider backing it. But uh, when you click on United States, it doesn't add any money. Okay. There cool. are a lot of things that adds 20 bucks, but not U.S. So there you go. Cool. So our next project that we are going to talk about has just recently hit Kickstarter. And this is The Networks by Gil Hova, correct? Yes. And this is through Formal Ferret Games. And this is a game all about programming a tv station a network basically and it is a cool card game that involves some drafting slash card selection um, as well as some it's not really hand management because you don't have a hand it's kind of all out in front of you but it's it's card manipulation and management in terms of where you're going to put these cards in your station's time slots so you have three tv time slots you can gain ads which give you money and you can gain stars which give you viewers and reputation points kind of thing and basically through this combination of gathering hilariously named tv shows coupling them with these awesome ads and hilarious stars you basically create like a little point generating engine The game is played across five seasons, and each season, your shows will advance in age, and depending on the type of show, there's a few different types of shows, they will either gain a little bit of listenership, but more than likely, they're going to lose listenership as the seasons go. Sorry, I'm saying listenership. So depending on the show, your viewership, the points that you gain, could go up season to season, but more than likely, the viewership is going to go down as this as the show gets older. So what you're going to do is you're going to get new shows and you're going to replace those shows. So it's this back and forth um, as you play with the other players of trying to grab what you need when you need it, try to make those sacrifices and look at the risk analysis of, okay, when do I get rid of the show? Do I push it one more season? Do I try to get this star? Um, It's pretty light in terms of the actual rule set it's not very difficult but there are some really nice decisions to it and just the theme of it seems like 
kind of basic, like, oh, you're a TV producer, but the they've definitely added some quirky flair and some humor to it that really makes the game enjoyable and just kind of, it's fun to reset the season and flip out the new stars and the new shows to see what you're going to get and kind of laugh about it. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the networks as well. It's, as Matt said, it's a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a heavy game, especially mechanically speaking. It's rather straightforward to the point. There's five things you can do on your turn and that's about it. It's, it just gets to the point really quickly, but I really loved like the flavor that is brought into it the art's kind of cool while not my favorite style i think it it's going to appeal to some it's got a quirky kind of cartoony look to it but the the show names are what had us cracking up and like each time we'd like program a, a show or something we'd be like oh cool so you've got things like agents of shampoo then you have the american samurai warrior um so like a bunch of plays off of like very charismatic explosions (laughs) cooking for your hamster or something like that (laughs) yeah something like that breath mints around the globe know that rash so i mean they've taken some time to like really go through and add some really quirky titles yeah cooking for your gerbil (laughs) and i think my personal favorite grilling grilling with milk <laughs> so and then like the actors all have like you know overpaid side the guy who always dies the guy who always dies who's only worth points in the first season and which then is he's awesome. dead, so <laughs> all in all i'd highly recommend checking this out gil's a quirky guy and it definitely shows in this game but he's also a really great designer and that shows through as well because this is a really solid uh and then one more we're going to talk about that's serious before just the best project on kickstarter right now we are going to talk about Avalanche at Yeti Mountain from our good buddy, Matt Wolf, which also just launched on Kickstarter recently. And this will be through uh, Jason Katarski's Green Couch Games, which focuses on great little games that make great times and things like that. Uh, this is a game about skiing down a mountain, testing out your super-powered rocket skis while being chased by both a Yeti and an Avalanche. Uh, it is just a basic deck of cards kind of game with a few meeples. Um, the graphic design, at least the artwork, was done by Adam McIver. Kind of the cover of it kind of gives you the mentality of the game. It's not really a game that you take all that seriously because it's just it feels like a game about being chased by a yeti. I guess you know you're you're playing cards. It's really like a hand management game and um, simultaneously revealing cards to shoot down this mountain and maneuver your skier and choosing at certain points when to try to test out your rocket skis and jump down the mountain uh, all while avoiding getting eaten or crushed by the mountain itself but it's a good time it's definitely a light quick kind of filler style game but it's got real nice personality Um, it's kind of crazy nice personality what are you is that it's like you're rejecting a girl you're not trying said, to she's date. got a she's, she's got, got a, got great a nice personality, personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's this game has character it's like the cover is a crazy like heavy metal album like if you ever if you called your heavy metal album it avalanche at yeti mountain that's what the cover would look like yeah it's like if iron maiden went yeah, on a winter yeah. vacation it's a fun game for what it is it's simultaneous action or simultaneous card play 
and then you reveal and there's a little bit of decisioning and what you're going to play the cards it, it's compact that's a really nice feature of this game the cards are dual purpose so some the cards act sometimes as the actual trail that you're skiing down or they're the ones for your hand that have the numbers and you're playing them etc i remember when i first played the game at unpub matt when he showed it to me i was like dude this is ski free the game <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> So if if anyone has that nostalgic love of ski free like I do, where you're just hitting arrow keys and trying to avoid that stupid Yeti that's chasing you down, that's what this game is. So yeah, it's definitely it fits perfectly in line with what Green Couch is doing. Light filler style games that can be played in 15 to 20 minutes. Plus it's designed by Matt Wolf, who's an awesome guy. So just back it for that reason and support Jason. These are good people. These are Kickstarter people who deserve your money. Just give them all your money. To be clear, Matt Wolf doesn't pay us to say these things. He doesn't pay you guys to say these things. But he should. Excellent project. Check it out on Kickstarter right now. And we're going to round out Kickstarter Spotlight with the best project on Kickstarter right now, Meepillows. Meepillows or Meepillows? I was going to say, isn't it Meepillows? I like Meepillows. <laughs> Meepillows. It sounds like yeah. a Pokemon. Meepillows. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Meepillows. I choose you, meeple. These are they're they're not pillow shaped meeples as Dan described them as. They're meeple shaped pillows. There's a difference. Uh, tomato, tomato. They're they're not made of wood. These N- are neither are tomatoes. That's true too. Uh, yep. Anyway, got him. Got him. This Dead silence. is for sure the best video ever on kickstarter in terms of board games uh two minutes and 53 seconds of hilariousness go watch the video if you don't do anything else but basically these are just they're meeple shaped pillows there's not a lot to describe about them they look soft and they come in different colors and they cost twenty dollars plus shipping but they're they're meeples yeah and i like that if you if you scroll down and look at all their fa- fabric swatches you can see the kind of material it is it's kind of like little furry looking material but they like seem to have gone through pains to actually match physical wooden meeples to make sure it's just the right color so if you're bringing your pillow to the game table it's gonna match your player <laughs> color precisely I mean, I'm just gonna take it with yep. my Rhino Hero cape, so I don't. I'm not worried about it. You're also gonna be made fun of, at least in my group. Just because yeah. I show up to game night with a cape and a giant meeple pillow, I don't see the problem. This is why no one games with you, Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Hey guys, I'm playing purple. All right, now, can I can I touch on something? Now, while you're looking at the video, scroll all the way to the bottom because as much time and effort that they put into matching the pillow to the meeple. The Kickstarter avatars, they look like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man with an erection. They, there is a little they crotchal do, area well, thing. There's a little bulge. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely, these are male meepolos. I mean, there's no getting around that. If you're going <laughs> to cuddle up to that. Be careful where you place your head. This isn't a bank robbery. I'm just taller than you, you know? <laughs> uh, well... Looks like this is a Patreon episode after all. Yeah, I think that the only thing that is cost prohibitive, that actually 20 bucks for the pillow isn't bad. Shipping is going to ding you, though. It's 8 bucks to ship one of them, so that's $28 for a pillow shaped like a meeple. Plus, you can get one in yellow, the best player color. When you pick yellow, it says something about you. It says that everyone else picked first. (laughs) I let 
it it's something that developed in me letting everyone else pick their player color first. The only color that's ever left is yellow. Yellow, the pacifist's color. It's an awful color, but it's why I play it, because it's just the worst. That's right. Real go-getters play blue. Everyone wants to play blue. And then Dan, halfway through our gaming career, decided he was going to be green all the time to Kelly B's dismay. I play more games than Kelly. He was like, yeah, I'm green now. And we were like, when did you start being green? You can't just switch. I never really had a color until I just definitively said, I'm playing green. Like, I, Other than that, I was like mad. I'm like, I'll take whatever. All right. So those are me pillows. You can find them until September 12th. And they do deliver this year, which is a little cool. And I think that's just going to wrap out. Ugh, I think that's going to wrap I mean, up we could wrap this it news out episode of the podcast of the Nonsensical Gamers. Straight out of Compton is in theaters. It would be it would be kind of meta. I f- I feel like we would alienate mainly me. I would. I Matt doesn't know myself. rap. He only knows emo music about sad things. I know plenty of rap. I just know better than to rap out our podcast about board gaming just rap anything like All dr right. dre if you want to reach us everybody or to the wild, rap wild to West, us or send us any like tracks West. of you rapping Track, hit your eardrums like if you want to listen chest. to dan rapping <laughs> you can contact us at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com Dan might send you a personal audio file of him rapping you can hit us up on the guild number 2077 you can find us on Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. And before we tell you our Twitter handles, we will ask you kindly, if you enjoy the show, to rate us on iTunes, or apparently Board Game Links is still a thing. Feel free to give us a heart. We would love the support so that we can spread the show to other people. If you want to reach out to us directly, Dan, where do they find you? At League Nonsense or at Scandalous underscore Nad. Let's get a little personal. Tiffany B., where do they find you? I am at ineptgamer or you can find her on the dice tower yeah board game blender watch it it's the best just her segment or you can find (laughs) me at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically thank you all for listening and we will see you next week bye bye toodles If we do do a Patreon, I'm going to offer me to sing an entire episode. Uh, that's dangerous. Can I, Doesn't can the I opt do out that? of that episode? I, Tiff, I would sing the shit out of stuff to you. How would you sing the episode? <laughs> oh, are you going to Everything ser- I said, I would just sing. Yeah. Like, Welcome hey, to that. Kickstarter Spotlight. Let's talk about the news, bitches. You gotta add bitches, like it's R and B to everything. Bitches, yeah. okay. No, you add hey no, girl. Sorry, you, yeah, baby and hey girl. Yeah, hey girl. Let's talk board games, baby. You gotta sing it though, baby. I play. I am singing. If no, you're see, see, if you're boys to men, I'm singing. If we're boys to men, Dan is the guy that always talks. Exactly. I'm the guy who comes in in the middle. Is like, baby, I know you're hurting, and I know you want to play board games. That is exactly what they say. But too. I just want to know what's your meeple color, girl. Does it match my meeple color? What's your meeple color? If we color? rubbed meeples, would we I'm not make, engaging. If we were primary <laughs> color me. meeples, could we rub each other and turn into a non-primary color? We're gonna color? be red together. But if you leave, girl, I'll just be blue. Oh! <laughs> no! <laughs>
Yeah. I think I think you're right. We should start a boys to men style board game themed R and B group. Real hit. We should do a segment called Boys Boys Do Board Games. Boys to Men does boys board games. Boys to board games. I don't know. Boys to board boys to games. Boys to boards. Boys to boys men. A B C B B D. And board games. Yeah. Alright, cool. We got I think we got this. it.